This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, thank you for this day. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I ask you, Lord, to let me and all of the plans of this day just get out of the way, and may we run right into your word. May it change us, as your word is quick and alive and as sharp as a two-edged sword, that it might make us who you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to bring you a message today entitled, Unthinkable. Unthinkable. We're going to open our Bibles to 1 John chapter number 4 and verse number 17. 1 John chapter number 4. And verse number 17. Now this passage can seem just a little difficult to process if you really read it for what it is. 1 John 4.17 says, as he is. Now we need to stop and just put that there. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. Wasn't that a wonderful passage? As Jesus is, so we act on our jobs. Amen. As Jesus is, so we fight with our spouse. Amen. As Jesus is, so we handle every temptation because he was tempted in like manners, yet he didn't sin. So we do like Jesus did, right? How many of you feel like you don't measure up to that passage? Well, you're in the right place today because I don't measure up either. But we're on a journey to try to step up to what God's called us up to. And so what we have here is a beginning that we started last weekend in a Killing Kryptonite series. The first time in 27 years of pastoring that I have ever said, hey, let's read a book, then we're going to do small groups, then we're going to do a series on it. We might have done it in the opposite. We may have talked on a topic, then found a book and did a study on that, but we've actually been going through this Killing Kryptonite book. And if you haven't bought it, I want to encourage you. I mean, they will even tell you, I've even said to the folks in Florida, you need this book in your life. God's been speaking to our heart through this. But just to get you on par with where we were uh, for last week and where we need to be right now. So we're talking about killing kryptonite. So what is kryptonite? Any any comic book nerds in the room with me? How many are not going to raise your hand no matter what I ask? Come on. Okay. All right. And so what we have is kryptonite, which is the, the fatal fictional uh, substance that neutralizes whose power? Superman. And how does Superman get his power? He draws it from our sun. So because of his relationship with the sun, he has supernatural power. And kryptonite is what neutralizes that power. Some of you are going, I don't know what kind of church this is, but we're talking about Superman. Okay. Well, listen, he has a supernatural relationship with the sun that gives him power. Can I tell you that it's a different kind of son, but we have a supernatural relationship with the son, the son of the most high God, Jesus Christ, that has called us not to live as the world, but to live supernaturally in the world. God's wanting to change our lives and God's wanting to speak to us. But just like there's kryptonite, and we've got some kryptonite over here, just like there's kryptonite that weakens, isn't that good? Come on now. That weakens Superman. There's kryptonite that affects the believer. There's kryptonite that takes away our strength. 
Because what happens to Superman when he gets near kryptonite? It not only takes away his powers, but it makes him weak. And after he's weak, it makes him sick. And if he stays around it long enough, what will happen? He will die. What is your kryptonite? What is the thing that's making you weak spiritually? What is the thing that's making you not live up to the supernatural power that God's called you to live up to? What is the thing that keeps pulling you back? And here's the problem with this. Can I go ahead and tell you, I'm preaching about sin today. No one rejoiced. The first service, you thought I would have slept them. They were like, thank you, may I have another? And I was like, but God's dealing with our hearts. You see, it should be unthinkable for us not to live up to the supernatural power that God has called us to. It should be unthinkable for us to willfully uh, live below our potential. It should be unthinkable for us to make that decision. But for so many reasons, on so many times, we live in those places. We choose those things that are not what God wants for us. It's not how God has chosen us to live. You know, when something doesn't live up to its potential, we get frustrated. And I think one of the things that lets me down quite often is my cell phone. Anybody else ever have a frustrating moment with a cell phone? If something doesn't work the way that it's supposed to, now you can sit out there and act all spiritual if you want, but I know how you are. I know you and I know you're kind. (laughs) This thing doesn't work. You're like, what's wrong with this? It doesn't do everything. If there isn't service, when you're out in the middle of somewhere, you knew there wasn't service, somehow it's the phone's fault. And you, God forbid, it gets some kind of a function discrepancy, some kind of an operating system issue, and before long, it is not operating like it's supposed to be operating. And I can tell you what you'll do. You will run down to the store and throw it at them and say, fix it. I literally heard there's a guy that goes to this church. He confessed his weakness when I was talking about this. He's like, Pastor, I got to tell you what I did. He said, I took it down and threw it down on the desk and said, it's broken. And they looked at him and said, it's not broken. So he said, he took it over the door, put it in the door and slammed the door on it about four times and said, now it's broke. (laughs) Because it's unthinkable that it not do what they promised it could do. Now think about this. 30 years ago, we didn't even know what a text was. When I was a kid, text came in the form of a neatly folded little note of paper. Come on now. That you hid in your pocket and prayed that your parents wouldn't find. Amen. Texts were not real. But now we can't do without instant communication. I mean, a hundred years ago, transcontinental phone conversations didn't happen. There was no, no even thought of that. It wasn't a reality. It wasn't a potential for our lives. And because it wasn't a reality, it wasn't a potential for our lives. We didn't expect it to happen. But, you know, just a few years ago, I was standing up upstate Michigan, and my dad caught this unbelievable fish, and so I took a picture of him and posted it. And within 30 seconds, a friend of mine in Israel liked it. That's the world we live in. We have the potential to accomplish instant communication all over the world, all the time. And because we know the potential, we know what we can do. And without knowing the potential, there would be no drive to achieve. And I want you to get that. If we didn't know what we could live up to, and can I just tell you, and I don't mean to harp on this, but I feel like some of us, we've accepted the devil's reasons that we can't measure up to what God's called us to. 
We've listened to what other people have said we're a failure or we ought to be ashamed or we're too scarred or we're too messed up. But can I tell you, you are a blood-bought child of the living God. And it's your relationship with the Son that changes you, not how holy you've been. But we have potential. And so what we're dealing with in this passage is we're dealing with a scripture that, that the Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthians and he says, all right, guys, listen, you have not been living up to your potential. And out of all the sins that he can list, he can list all of these mega sins that we all talk about all the time. And out of all the sins that he can list, he says, this is causing you that you're not living up to your potential and it's making you weak, sick, and it's even killed some of you. And do you know what that sin is? Are you ready for it? Not treating each other right. I mean, because most of us, we can look at somebody else and say, "Mm -hmm, I can tell you what they did last week. Well, you're probably right there in danger of what Paul said, because we don't sit in judgment of others. We ought to be wrapping our arms around others or linking our arms with others and saying, if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Come on, let's go see what God can do. Amen. But we've got to understand that the, what he's dealing with is making us weak and making us sick and making us not live up to our potential is that spiritual kryptonite, that thing that you don't really have to wonder what it is. You just already know what it is. Because when I say I'm here to deal with our sin, you know what your sin is, just like I know what my sin is. Now, look, there's, there's all kinds of sin, but God's wanting to deal with us. I believe that God has done some amazing things in this church over the decades. I believe that lives have been changed and thousands of people have come to Jesus Christ. I, I, I know that things have happened. I've been here to experience those things. And I believe that, man, like last Sunday when we had the power of God moving so strong, I didn't even get to preach. I mean, I wouldn't trade anything for that. But I, can I tell you, we're just scratching the surface. We've not even begun to step into what God intends for us. We've not even begun to taste and see what the Lord has for us. There's so much more available to us. There's so much more that God has for us. And the problem is this. We can't step up to our potential. And it's unthinkable, but we can't step up to our potential because we're still allowing kryptonite to live in our lives. And if we're going to see the world transformed by the glory of God, we're going to have to have transformation ourselves. And transformation is going to occur when we become determined to rid our lives of the sin that we have no trouble identifying. I want you to get that. The things that you just instantly know of, the things that are just there. Look, you have to make up your mind. What are you going to do? Who are you going to be? Who are you going to become? How are you going to live? You see, God's been speaking to our hearts through this. There's some places that we need to stop going. Can I get an amen? Amen. There's some things that we need to stop doing. And there's some ways we need to stop treating people wrong. We need to start treating them right. Because we know that God's been dealing with our hearts. Look, I know how hard that can be. I sat right here this morning and shaken by a few things that I had been told. And and I had to say, you know what? I'm not going to let what anyone else does determine what I do. I want to honor God in my life. I want to identify that kryptonite of bitterness and I don't want it in who I am. You got to deal with those things. Because if you've been living in those places that you know you shouldn't live, doing the things you know you shouldn't be doing and treating people the way you know you shouldn't be treating them, I need you to get this. We can't get where we want to be until we stop going where we shouldn't be. Can you get that truth? Until you make up your mind, I'm not going to live that way anymore. I want to deal with this sin. Come on now. 
Can I just tell you, you're all sitting there like, oh no, I don't want him to think I have sin in my life. Can I just be honest with you? I know you have sin in your life. I know that maybe is at different levels for different ones of you and different things, but everybody, no one has attained completely yet. But until we make up the, our minds, you go, well, Pastor Don, I'm, at least I'm not doing what I used to do. Stop judging where you are against who you used to be and start judging it against 1 John 4, 17 that says we're not acting like Jesus all the time yet. But if we want to see transformation in the world, there's going to have to be a change. The change is going to have to start in God's house. Can I tell you, you can be the change. You can be the change. If you make up your mind that you're going to become who God's called you to be, you're going to live up to who God's called you to live up to, what God, God, the potential, and to stay the same becomes unthinkable. Now, there's going to have to be a couple of things that you're going to have to change. The change must begin with your choices. I mean, you're going to have to make up your mind that you're going to make better choices. People say to me all the time, well, Pastor, I'm trying to beat this thing. I'm trying to beat this thing. I said, I said well, can I just bring this into reality in my life? Look, let's just say that we're going to call this sin, and it's not really sin, but we're just going to call this sin. I mean, it's not sin for some of you. But Moose Tracks ice cream. <laughs> I want you to know that... If I walk into my house at night and I know that one of my family members has been, been kind enough to buy a Moose Tracks ice cream, the moment I go home, I start thinking about the fact that it's there. When, if I do eat dinner with him, I will skip dinner because I want to have plenty of room for the Moose Tracks ice cream. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I will... I, I will stay in the other room when Christina goes to the other side of the house because I don't want her judging how much Moose Tracks ice cream I'm putting in my bowl. I'm telling you, I plan for this thing. Some of you are going, Pastor, why do you talk? I said, I, somebody said, Pastor, why do you talk about weight so much? I said, because my church loves a fat preacher. And they said, they said, what do you, I said, they show up at my house at 10 o'clock at night with brownies and go, here, we love you, Pastor. <laughs> and they said, what do you do? I said, somebody get the milk. Come on, amen. <laughs> but the reason I'm talking about this is this. If it's not in my refrigerator, I don't think anything about it. I don't make any plans for it. I don't start leaning for it because it's not there. You see, if I don't willfully make the choice to go spend my hard-earned money on it or ask the kids, send the kids to get it, much less, that's another sin, come on. <laughs> then it's not there for me to struggle with. If you want to change your choices, you need to stop buying whatever it is that's pulling you down. You need to stop going wherever it is that's pulling you down. You need to break the connections. You need to cut off the subscription. You need to put on the filters. You need to do whatever is necessary so the choice is not an easy choice, so that you have to climb literally a wall, a barrier that you have built to go into that sin. And most of us are going, God, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And we open the refrigerator and there it is. That's right. Am I preaching truth? So you have to make the choices. And here's the hard part. And this is going to sound harsh, but let me get there. Not only must you have the change must begin with our choices, but the change must also begin with our choices and our associations. And our associations. Because you may not get it, but there are people that are not good for you. 
Every time you get around them, they pull you back. Let me just turn it around. You might be someone who's not good for somebody else. And this is harsh, but it's the Bible. It's truth. And I want you to know, my goal is when I'm done, is for people to be able to say, that man told us what God said. And this is hard. It's really hard. Sometimes you have to make up your mind. Should I be hanging out with these people? I mean, it's not, not, it's not fun. It's not an easy conversation to have. It's sort of like this. My, you know, my, my dad, you know, moved us to a Dorval area, which back then they just called it Atlanta. And they moved us to Atlanta and we grew up in this very ethnically diverse area. And, and, and I'd remember when my dad would go home to the extreme rural area that, that we were born in, uh, whenever he would get there, my dad, it was, it was, it was strange. It was like, uh, his southern drawl would become so pronounced and, and, and his terminology would change and total still being a Christian, but, but he would just relax because he got around his, the people he was closest to. And when you can relax when people are sinning, there's a problem. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for all those amens. I know you're going through this, but listen to what I'm telling you. Here, this is kind of harsh, but just let me finish. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 6. Listen to this. Paul says, says to them in chapter 5, four times, listen to me, four times he tells them, don't do this, don't, don't do this, don't hang out with them, don't hang out with them. And then he finally says, throw them out. Now that's harsh, but just, just stay with me for just a moment. Listen to what, why he says this. He says, don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast by removing this wicked person from among you. And before you flee these doors, listen to me, I'm, I, that's not what I'm saying right now. I want you to hear what I'm, I'm telling you for just a moment. This is a hard scripture. But what it's saying is this. If you want to do better, you need to hang out with people who are living on that level. Don't keep going back to the people who fell with you and sinned with you. I mean, it's like you graduate from a program and then you go reestablish all the old connections. You're in danger. Uh, that deserved a better amen than that, can't it? There's a danger there. And so what God is saying to us, what God is speaking to us is this. He's not saying, you know, look, just, just condemn people. But He's saying, look, make up your mind that you're not going to live in sin anymore. And some of you go, well, Pastor, if I, if I don't hang around with people who, who, are, who are, are living right, then how can I even minister to anybody and win them to Jesus? And Paul addressed this, and I'm telling you, this is a hard scripture, but I'm just going to read it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, he begins like this, and he, and he says, So then when I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. He said, but I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols. He said, you would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. In other words, he's saying, you've got to go out and win people, but when you go out and win people, don't act just like them. This is not popular, is it? But it's truth. It's the Word of God. Amen. Listen to what he says. He says, I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet keeps indulging in sexual sin, greed, worshiping idols. They're abusive. They're drunk. They cheat people. He says, look, don't even eat with these people. And I think the power of that passage is really in that last statement. 
We're going, pastor's back on food. <laughs> don't even eat with such people. He didn't say don't worship near them. He said don't make them your best friends. Because you've got to go find somebody who's doing what you need to be doing. So you'll be challenged to step up. Pastor Don, are you saying that we shouldn't allow this sin to continue in our life? Yes. Because remaining in our sin should be unthinkable. But too many times, the kryptonites of my life have not been there for days, but for decades. Am I talking to anybody else? God's dealing with our hearts. To stop allowing whatever it is that keeps us weak to hold us back, make us sick, and eventually even stop our worship and kill us. And start dealing with it head on. Confessing that, you know what, we're not perfect. We struggle. We all are going through things. We all face things. It may not be what it used to be in my life, but I'm still facing things today. Can I tell you that as you grow in God, the things that are knocking you down now will become lightweight to you and you're going to have to face bigger things. But the God who brought you through where you are will take you then all along the way. I'm going to close with this today. Isaiah chapter 60. It's a powerful, powerful passage. Beginning in verses 1 and 2, it reads like this. There's a rise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord, watch this, is risen upon. Say it with me. Risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. It's talking about not futuristic time, but it's talking about where we are today, that, that sin is going to cover the earth and the deep darkness, the people, that people are going to begin to live in a way that's totally contrary to what God has commanded. Listen to me. Listen to what he says. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. His glory will be seen upon you. I want you to stand with me as we, we talk about this last passage. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying the world will go into darkness because they will refuse the right relationship with the Son, the Son of God. He said, but those of you who have chosen the ways of God, those of you who love God, those of you who have served God, listen to me carefully, and I want you to get this. He says, the glory of God's going to begin to rest upon you, and you will become a light shining in the darkness, a city set upon a hill that's light that cannot be hidden. You're going to become the supernatural instrument by which God shows others there's a better way. But you'll never get there as long as you're living with kryptonite in your life. You're going to have to confess it as sin. You're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to let it go. And you're going to have to let Jesus change your life forever. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.